bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Real Country Radio. Congratulations, Detroit. You can be thoroughly ashamed of yourself. The homicide tool has reached a nice even 750. Details on the latest leveling from Police Sergeant... Coming up now, we're going to start off the set with... ...in the morning. The Hitless Tigers could use this guy's talents. Mount Clemens police have a 36-year-old man in custody. Seems he got home about 5 o'clock this morning from an all-night spree. That ticked off the little lady who unleashed a verbal barrage at the man. That apparently the last straw for him. He picked up his genuine Willie Mays power eyes lightning strike Louisville slugger baseball bat. Proceeded to hit a thousand on the woman's head. Pull you up a chair and listen to this. My head's hanging low and my shoes are worn. I've had the blues in my soul since the day I was born. The devil's been on my back now for quite some time Yeah, it's just been me and him and a whispering wind And it's, it's time to find a little peace of mind I said, hey, mister, hey, going my way I could show you the ride out of this place Hey, mister, hey, he's coming around And I could show you the ride out of this town Cause it's a long way down to the bottom It's a long way to get back on I've been looking for a sign, looking for a friend Been looking at the same dead eyes in the mirror Watching myself go down, dead end I've been waiting on a prayer that never made to God it's like going through hell on a Sunday But then going through hell's about all I got I said, hey, Mr. Hey, going my way I could show you the ride out of this place Hey, Mr. Hey, he's coming around And I could show you the ride out of this town Cause it's a long way down to the bottom It's a long way to get back on top I said, hey, Mr. Hey, going my way I could show you the ride this I didn't see any of that coming, did you? 
mean, really, what the hell happened? Twenty twenty was supposed to be a good year, far better than what two thousand nineteen was, and so far, train wreck seems to be the way of things. I, I didn't see any of this coming. Unbelievable. And uh, in keeping with such an awful year, that's where we're going to start off tonight. Our lead story, uh, the passing of NHRA Pro Stock motorcycle racer Sean Gann, uh, dying over the weekend, suicide. Five-time winner on the NHRA Tour, raced for the family team on a Buell. Well-liked around the pit area, and that's kind of the thing about it, isn't it? that we sort of know here at Sidetrack, don't we? That when you see us at the track, that's kind of when we're at our best, uh, when we're happiest, and things seem to be going really, really good. You just don't know what he, she is getting in the car and going home to or dealing with in between their own ears, and when it hits, and there's no stopping it, unless you're right there. And that's a coincidence that... Uh, but we can't beat ourselves up about not being able to do it because it is just that. It is a coincidence, and it's tough, uh, tough road out there right now for a lot of people, especially in the motorsports world, with everything stopping and no outlet for our passions, so to speak. Uh, I know that very well. I've watched my schedule get decimated so far, and it continues to happen. I don't even get excited anymore. When a show goes down, it's lost income, lost fun, lost opportunity for new memories to be made and renewed friendships. It uh, sucks, and you pile that on top of all the other ways that 2020 sucks if you're me, but I'm not going to get into that here tonight. But uh, yeah, just uh, check in on each other, would you please? Uh, Sean Gann's 42, a father. He's my age. Um, leaves behind a family, and... It's just a sad, sad deal. I won't say, like I said, it's a coincidence to be able to be there and make it preventable. But, and don't think that's a rationalization on my part based on prior experience. It's not just reality. But it doesn't have to end that way. There's always something that can be done. And uh, I hate to have, have a story like that lead off, but... You know, we do talk about it on the show. It is a reality for sidetracked for better or worse and forever. And uh, I won't stop checking in on everybody and, and caring about you because it's important. Story number two, we're going to stick with drag racing and a tie-in to motorcycle racing. Over the weekend, Tucson Raceway out in Arizona, an electric dragster, first to 200 miles an hour in the quarter mile. Um team put together they were competing against uh, another team headed by and fronted by Don Garlitz out of Florida to try and be the first 200 and uh, Steve Huff was the driver of this dragster and you couldn't get two more unlikely guys trying to go for an electric dragster record big daddy Don Garlitz a man who needs no introduction Steve Huff he's a guy who has uh, earned his bones in drag racing in Probably the most bonsai wild-ass class there is at Nitro Harley. Um, YouTube it. I'm not even, I won't even ruin it for you. They're, those guys are crazy. Um, but he was just as pumped and just as excited to uh, have this achievement. And 
we we uh, shared that on the Facebook page. There's a video about it. Go and check that out. So we mentioned events being scarce and few and far between. Uh, there's a thing that's going to happen this coming Saturday. Uh, it's a chance for me to knock the dust off of my microphone and maybe even my cameras. I'm going to head down to Indiana and go to the Wagler Golf and Country Club where the caddies are going to take over the course for a uh, quickest to the pin contest, I guess we're going to call it. Um, can't call it a race because it's not going to be a race. It's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. Caddyshack style. And that will be live streamed. It's presented by Diesel World Magazine. Check their Facebook page for updates and information. And you'll get to tolerate me coming through on the microphone into your living room for that deal. So where does that leave sidetracked? Well, uh, things. Um, been away from this for a little while. We finally got everything set back up one more time. Did a, I've been doing a ton of behind-the-scenes work to take this to another level because there was a time this past winter when the thought was in my mind to just, just hang it up and just be an announcer and, and concentrate on the photography thing and didn't do that. Um, thanks to the generosity of people like Tony Burkhardt at Dirty Hooker Diesel, who has been a huge supporter of this for a long, long time, uh, Walt and Tracy Sheeman, Rick Newberry, and everybody at Prime Diesel and Automotive in Northern Michigan, they are behind us again here in 2020. And the guy that really pushed it over the top, honestly, Tristan Raymer and the bunch at Lock Performance down in Napanee, Indiana, jumped on board this year. They wanted to come on. Actually, he wanted to come on board back, back last fall, but really didn't uh, do the best job activating it for him in the fall. And waited till the new year to, to push it in. And then, uh, then, then all hell kind of broke loose. So what have I been doing behind the scenes? Well, a big one that took a long time and a lot of work and a lot of figuring to understand how to do this. We've been asked for a long, long time, when are you going to get to iTunes and some of these other ways of presenting the show? So now this will be, the old ones are all there as an archive. It's there. This will be the first new show that's going to go not only to SidetrackProductionsInc.com, the way you've always gotten it, but this one is the first one that's going to go to, you don't care about the behind the scenes, and I still don't 100% understand it, but there'll be an R, there's an RSS site that it goes to that you can, I believe, subscribe to and get it. And that site then also pushes it into iTunes, Google Podcast. We're on TuneIn and on Spotify. So really six ways for you to find Sidetrack now, and you can set subscriptions in all those places. It's still free to you. It's kind of the point. Um, the podcasting piece really will never, if I have my way, never be something you got to pay for to get. Now you want, you want in on the photography side or some of the other stuff that we got coming and yeah, maybe, uh, another thing that's going to be free and that we've been, that I've worked on, have done a lot of experimenting with, and it's it's sort of time consuming to understand the best ways of presenting it. 
playing around with uh, going into the YouTube, using my YouTube channel better as a platform for sidetracked and presenting the, the clips of the day. I've been doing that for, gosh, I don't close to, I don't think it's been three years, but two and a half anyway, it seems like. And trying to share, cross share that into YouTube. It's always been a Facebook only thing, but I realize there's a lot of people who just don't do Facebook. So it goes to the YouTube channel now and get shared off of the, the updates blog on the website and just different ways of doing that. We're going to try to do a little bit more with video. And I, I know Charles, you said for years, you weren't going to do video. You weren't going to do video. Didn't want to spend the money. We weren't going to make the investment. That's still true. I'm not making an investment to do the video other than my time. The, the equipment that's going to go into it is stuff I've already got where I really was hesitant to go make the investment on the video side was into the live streaming. It just, it takes to do it right. I can't do it alone. It takes multiple people. I'm a one man show and don't really have the help and don't want to take an entire van's worth of stuff with me to events. It detracts from my ability to do a good job as an announcer, which when I'm at an event where I'm paid to do that, that's, that's my sole focus. It has to be. It can't be on this live stream and this other BS that's going on behind me. And the events I do go to where I'm not announcing and I just want to be a photographer, I really enjoy that. Uh, you know, that was that was how my grandfather made his living. For me, that's kind of my little release. And I don't care if nobody buys any, any pictures that I take. I'm doing that for me. That's my little side project. That's my way of just uh, cutting loose and playing around, experimenting, doing some cool stuff. So you're going to see the clip of the day get enhanced with a feature every now and again where we got a cool story and we'll try to embellish it a little bit more than just presenting the clip, tell a better story about the puller, the vehicle, the circumstance, whatever it was that I wanted to highlight there. And some of it's going to include me being on camera because I recognize that that's something that I suck at and I'm not comfortable doing it. And the only way to get comfortable doing it is to do it. So, uh, 2020 has been a lot about personal growth and that will be another way I'm going to challenge myself and try to try to be a little bit better. And that's going to cross over into some other things that I, for my day job too. Uh, we want to present some things that new products and such, uh, through dirty hooker diesel, through that distribution channel and somebody's got to go on camera and do it. So the sooner I get comfortable doing it, the better. And yeah, you just have to, well, you don't have to look at me. You can look away, but please listen. That'd be nice. The video business. Yes, we're working still, still doing that. I can still do that. Um, as always just get a hold of me. If there's something you want converted digitally, if you want it to DVD format, it's fine. Uh, lately I've had some requests to do both DVD and MP4 format. So it's shareable publicly. Of course I, I got to do it. In, I got to run it through the computer anyway. It's no big deal to do it both ways. Formats I can handle, um, include VHS, VHS C, the high eight video. I've got mini DV. I've just acquired, I don't have it yet. It's on the way micro DV and old school film. I can do super eight, eight millimeter, 16 millimeter with and without sound. Um, it's a little bit of a trick to do those, but it's, it, it can be done. Uh, I do have one more. I'm waiting on the mini DVD, DV, mini DV format as a Sony micro cassette format. Uh, waiting for that to arrive because I've got a project that I would take it on for, 
for somebody a long time ago that I got to wrap up and finish. Uh, so that's still uh, available to get done. If you go on the website, well, let me back up one other thing. The, the new blackout look uh, for the sidetrack shirts for this year. Um, gone to all black just because kind of fit the mood if, of 2020. I was going to go back to white, but uh, black seems to fit in a little bit better with, especially now. Oh, man. So I showed that on the Facebook page. If you go on the website today, if you were on there today, uh, Monday, what is it, the 18th, by the time you read this tomorrow, there will actually hopefully be something there for you. You will notice in the top right corner a tab that says Merch and a Cart. What does that mean? Well, I have in stock sidetrack stickers. They're a little bit larger than what we did a couple of years ago. I think they're inch and a half by four. They're in stock. I will hopefully, by the time you hear this, have those on the site for you to order. Uh, free shipping is going to be our policy for right now. And I have a new t-shirt design. We've still got a little of the OG white ones from, from years ago. Those are in storage. I've got to get those out, inventory what I've got, and I'll get those listed. But I've got a new design coming. It's paid for. It's designed. I They're made. They're on the way here. Those will be up as soon as I have them and can inventory what I've got. And I'm I'm hoping within two weeks we'll have hats available too. And I, I'm hoping two weeks. But the reality is that this, I'm not going to say the word situ, situation. It's probably going to take longer than that because everything else I've tried to do for Sidetrack this spring has taken an eternity to get done. It just goes beyond my, goes out of my hands, okay? Everybody's struggling to make production and work in reduced hours and things, and I understand it. So just be patient, but it is coming. So that's kind of a state of the state for Sidetrack. Uh, we will be back next week after the... Um, Pro-Am shootout at Wagler Golf and Country Club. Uh, recap what happened there and try to bring that to you next week. So let is, let's get current for a minute and talk about the coronavirus stuff and how it's affecting things. Ryan Rusick went on the Beer Money Pulling Team Facebook page. Well, it was Friday or Saturday over the weekend, anyhow, and had a very good rant. I... I echoed I, I appreciate what he had to say about it and really the 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 pulling fan you guys are kind of I understand the disappointment look you want the outlet you're frustrated you want to be able to go and see that hometown event that's important to you but going out there and just ripping the promoters up and down one end and the other oh you're being a pussy and it's herd herd mentality and what are you afraid of and Yada, yada, yada. In moments of anger and frustration at seeing my schedule get just destroyed, I understand that feeling and that that thought, but I do have to say, he's right. These, these fair boards, these promoters, these organizations, they don't want to do this. They don't want to make this decision any more than, than you want to have it made for you. They're, they're faced with a very tough situation. They know it's putting them in a negative light, and they don't want to do it. And tearing them a new ass because they made a made a choice isn't really a good way to, to show your fandom or your support for that event. I'm not in any meetings for any of these decisions. I'm not around when they're when it's happening or when it's taking place. Um 
I do believe though that it is these decisions are not being made purely out of fear. Uh, well, let's be honest. Your your average county fair board member, I don't think, is uh, motivated by that. They they probably are the sort of hardy individual who appreciates their liberty and rights to decide just as much as you do when you're complaining about it. I I do think that a good piece of it is then just taking a simple look at the risks involved. And I, when I say risks involved, I really am referring to that in a financial sense. There's business out there that's struggling, man. These, these fairs and these standalone events, they do require sponsorship for them to happen. They're not independently funded. I don't know about your state where you live here in Michigan, state level funding for fairs and that it's, it's minimal. It's not what it was 15 or 20 years ago when there was, there was some significant coin changing hands. And that's anecdotal evidence on my part. I'm not, not on a fair board, have never been just my outsider. What I have her overheard and been had related to me, I shall say. So I think there's, I think the, 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 the drying up of sponsorship and things, it's forcing these very difficult decisions. Now I have seen a sort of domino effect. It seems like you, you, you know that there's a, three or four fair boards maybe that are scheduled for a meeting and going into a given week and one will pull the plug and it seems like the other three will follow in lockstep within hours and it gives the perception of being some of that herd mentality, but I don't think that's necessarily a fair, fair thing. I have seen probably in the last week or so though, or not even in the last week, maybe in the last three days, a change of course in some of that discourse in the sense that I'm seeing fairs say, nope, we're, we're either waiting, which if there's, if there's one criticism I maybe had with some of the decision-making, it was that it was being made way too soon because six weeks is a long time. A lot can change in six weeks. And if you're somewhere out into July, it seems like most of the states are going to have loosened enough restrictions that Legally, anyway, you could pull off your show and not be not be restricted in some fashion. But even into August, you know, there there's been some events that have gotten clobbered and, and taken off the calendar into August, even, and that's a long time from now. A lot can change in the landscape uh, that will make the terrible situation we were all facing and feeling back in. March, April, May seem like nothing but a bad memory. I, I hope so. That's my optimistic spin on it. Um, I do, I do sort of wonder though that for some of the some of the organizations, events, promoters that have made that decision to cancel, if there isn't going to be just a little bit of a uh, little bit of remorse, regret when we get six, eight, ten, twelve weeks down the line where. In retrospect, maybe they could have pulled it off and had the event. I hope not. I, I don't, well, actually, I, I hope so, and I don't mean that in a vindictive way. Uh, I hope I hope so only because I hope the landscape has changed and the outlook has changed to the point where you kind of go, ah, shoot, man, we, we, we could have waited and, and maybe found a way to pull this off. So we'll see. 
I got to believe that the pressure on these organizations really is, is a financial one and it's not coming from peer pressure or looking at what other counties are doing within a state or a region that it really is just a, an economic decision for them. And that also is kind of, kind of scary in a way too. Uh, I, I do kind of look at when I go to some of these events and go to some of these fairs, I, I am looking at the fair. I don't really have the time to go spend in the fair. Cause usually I'm, I'm coming in from out of town somewhere, a couple hours away, what have you. And I'm trying to do my homework in the pit area before the show starts. And as soon as it's over, I'm probably jetting off to go home because again, it's probably a couple hour ride home, but I do pay attention to the health and, and well-being of a fair. You can kind of get a sense for where it's at and even beyond a fair, some of the independently promoted events too, you can tell one that's, uh, that's succeeding and, and, and working and one where it's kind of hanging on by the skin of its teeth I worry that those skin of the teeth events are never coming back. The decision will be made not to do it. And the thing that keeps that event going just beyond even the tradition of doing it, it is that cash flow every year. And I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily think that many of them do have a, a, a deep savings or a deep well that they can go into I don't think they're parking it in a savings account or a CD or something for nine months and then revisit it next winter and come back. I think the the turnover of the cash really, they are in the margins there and making it go. And for it not to happen this year, I'm sure there's, every one of these events has a, has a grounds and a facility. They're going to be money out whether the fair happens or doesn't. And if it doesn't, it's going to be that tipping point where it just goes, it just noses over and, and that show doesn't come back. And that's, that's scary. Um, I, I don't have feet on the ground in other states to know, but on the outside looking in from, from Michigan anyway, I feel like we're in trouble. Pulling's in trouble here. Uh, it's, kind of been in a slow decline for quite a while now and it may it's still going to exist here and it still has its diehards and its adherence and its places where it will continue but I think it's going to take a step back here in the state of Michigan after this year fairs and it won't be because of fairs considering alternative forms of entertainment it'll simply be because that venue just can't they don't exist anymore they're gone. Or it may be a couple of year hiatus before a motivated board comes in and, and city fathers and, and investors recover to the point where they can kickstart it again. We may be going to a dark, dark age for, for a couple of years. That's kind of scary and kind of tough. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that for the sport. I don't like that for my fandom. I don't like it for for sidetrack, but I guess it just means I'll have to travel more. I, I think, uh, I think other, other areas, other regions of the country are probably a lot healthier when it comes to the sport of pulling than we are here in the Great Lakes state, but that's how it is. Nationally, uh, the NTPA did make a proposal to their promoters to cut the purse by 20% as, as a way of reducing their sanction fee and try to make it 
if it's on the if it's on the fence, if it's a borderline sort of situation, try to make it where the event can actually go for 2020. And it's a it you know then it's a pass through and the pullers take it in the ass and a a 20% reduction in what they're paid on the backside. Now that doesn't stop a promoter from still paying the full purse. They're more than welcome and allowed to. And I would hope the events that are going to happen, that that winds up being the case. It wasn't, look, it wasn't presented right. I will say that. And there's plenty of critics who are lining up many of them pullers to stab it. NTPA for this one. Oh, yeah, Polar's taking the ass again. Well, yes and no. Um, it, it, <laughs> they probably could have come up with a better alternative, and I'm sure that, that they thought long and hard about how to do that. Again, I wasn't behind the closed doors. I wasn't part of the meetings. I don't know why it, why this was the chosen way. Um but I will say that it's hard for me to swallow pullers bitching about it now because looking at real numbers in terms of what NTPA pays back for events, if you take the highest paid purse, it's it's Grand National Unlimited class, if you take 20% off of first place winnings, it's the, the, the difference that comes off of that first place purse wouldn't, bl- wouldn't buy two blower belts. So <laughs> I understand the, the, the principled stand idea of saying, no, I'm not going to take this, but now, now it looks and sounds to me a little stupid. Um, it's hard for me to listen to you bitch about a 20% cut, which if you won, wouldn't buy you two blower belts while you're standing in your toter home with your $300,000 toy. You know, there's, there's people right now who are losing businesses and losing livelihoods and they're looking for anything, any sort of entertainment to latch onto and have a good time for one night and forget about this trouble. And they're looking to you for that release for you to take a principled stand now, kind of a bad time. I mean, if if you're pissed about the paybacks offered in the sport of pulling and you have every right to be, it is a pittance. That ship sailed, man. You should have left your shit on the trailer years ago and made that stand because now they got you. They know where they know what they're going to get. They know, they know they got you. They keep booking the shows and signing the sponsors and getting the TV deals that they've been. There's no incentive to work any harder because you're still going to show up and put a show on for them. And if you take it off now, and look, everybody's story is different. I get it. I know there are competitors who are small business owners, and this is going to be a hard year, and and they're going to be parking their stuff because they can't afford it, not because the purse is smaller. And I I think a lot of those people who understand that and are smart enough to be in that position really aren't the ones bitching about the the purse cut anyway. But to to take that principled stand, I don't want to park my shit because the purse got cut, this year, that's kind of bad timing. Bad timing, homie. Find find another time to do that. Um, this isn't the year. Just looking at you know, looking at it globally beyond your own self interest. So, 
kind of my thoughts on that. There's an interesting discussion. I wasn't going to get this. This isn't on my agenda. It isn't in my notes tonight. Uh, I wasn't going to get into this. There is an interesting discussion, though, on pulloff.com currently about what to do about sleds and how to change it and try to rein things in with a minimum of, of changes. I encourage you to go and read it, and um, we will talk about it on next week's show. Well, kicking the kicking the dust off, and I, I do feel rusty doing this, and it sucks doing this alone. So I do want to uh, try to get the habit formed one more time, get some guests coming in, and hopefully bring other people in here or on with me via phone, however we're going to do this, and uh, restore sidetrack to what it was because I've decided I'm not giving up. I'm here, and I am invested now, clearly. So please... Check out all the changes. If you haven't been on SidetrackProductionsInc.com in a while, check out the changes. Not a lot there in terms of photography because everything's canceled. But uh, the merch section is going to be there. Please buy the stuff. I don't want to have a bunch of rubber-made tubs of shirts <laughs> left over from this. And I do have more designs, actually. This first one, it's kind of smart-assy. I got another smart-assy one coming. Um, I've got about seven or eight in my head that I just got to finish the design work on. And of course, you know what the sidetrack logo is. Eventually we intend to have a shirt design that highlights every piece of equipment that goes into making up the sidetrack logo. So we'll see where it goes. We'll see if we can uh, turn that into something. So anyway, that's about all I got for this week. I'm going to be in study mode the rest of the week, getting ready for the, um, the Wagler Pro-Am, and making sure that uh, I do a passable job there. And then we'll be back right here on Sidetracked next week. Oh, uh, uh, bye. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, yeah, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.